Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined as well by our guest, Aaron, from the 501st. Aaron, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on for this review. I have some very interesting thoughts on the episode. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're excited to have you back. It's been a while. I think the last episode you were on was our season three recap but the last full episode before that was oh i think it was a while ago so yeah it's uh, been a little while i i think i had yeah. it's nice to have you back uh one of the previous times i tried to be on it so yay yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 of course this is a fairly uh, important episode for for you and i think for tom yes uh, <laughs> so very uh definitely wanted to, to get to get you on for this uh, I'm I'm really excited. So, of course, we are talking about the season four episodes one and two Rebels premiere titled Heroes of Mandalore. But first, there were a few announcements. And even though we just recorded the other day, I feel like there's a lot that's happened since then. There's a couple big ones. Um, you, you mind if I take the first one? And do Williams, it, Tom, since do you're it. The, yeah, since you're it, the gamer, I'll let you take the second news one. There's been in the last 48 hours. But yeah, uh, it's yeah. The, the, the coolest thing, though, is we finally got a title for the Han Solo movie, and it was given to us via – it was Instagram by Ron Howard himself, where if you find, follow – Ron Howard's done really good by posting photos from the set, and he does this video today saying, hey, it's been great. Thanks for following. We wrapped up production, and you know, he makes the announcement that the Han Solo movie now is now called Solo, a Star Wars story. I lo- I love it. I don't know about you guys. I love the title. I think it's simple and I, effective. I'd say it's uninspired, but there's nothing inherently I, wrong with it. I I don't think they had any choice. What else were they going to do? Han Solo, the Kessel one, and less than twelve parsecs. The movie parsec. Sorry. I mean, I don't know. They couldn't have called it anything else. I mean, I think I know a lot. They of could have called it other things, like, but it's okay. You know, Han Solo and the you know, um, you know, uh, Han Solo at Star's End, yeah, or, but then or you something get like into that. Something... the uh, the kind of like the kid adventure stories, like the yeah. the, the Jedi Apprentice stories that we had. Uh, just, I I think that would have made it a little bit, I don't know, cheaper, I guess maybe, or you know, not as, uh, I don't know, involved. So. Oh. I I think it's Fr- simple and gets to the point, catches your attention. You know who it's about. We don't get any kind of hint as to what exactly the movie is going to follow, like what kind of storyline. So that's I think builds the interest. Right. I I agree, and I think you know I I'd almost kind of taken it taken to calling it solo while it was still the well, there, untitled yeah. Han Solo movie. <laughs> there were all those yeah, memes and- of the red solo cup just everywhere. <laughs> And it also just makes sense. Again, a, a friend of mine really joked today, and, and I don't know where he got on this kick, but he comes up to me and he goes, you know, they really couldn't have called it Han's, a Star Wars story, story Han, a Star Wars story, because little kids are going to go around saying, Han's, who is this Han? I'm like, oh, come on. I mean, 
Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not super like it's not the most surprising title. Uh, I just personally, I, I I like how it's simple, and you know, you want to. I think you want to keep something very straightforward and clear for, uh, you know, for people who are not as familiar because it's a it's a spinoff, right? And uh, not a you know, one, it's an anthology. Sorry, a, a, a Star a story. Wars story. Exactly. Um, but you know, Solo makes it very clear what it's about. And, um, while there's not a lot to read into it necessarily, I just like how, how short and sweet it is. And it makes it very clear for users or users for, for, uh, for, for, you know, the, the, the folks who don't know as much about Star Wars. I'm excited. And you know, what's even crazy. I'm very excited. I'm hopeful. I should say I'm nervous, but I'm hopeful. Well, yes, I, I have larger thoughts about the movie in general, I'm still skeptical about replacing Harrison Ford, but everything else about the movie sounds oh, great. Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> really? And I, and I trust the creative team behind the movie. Yeah, so, now I do. You know, I, I'm sure they'll do a great job. What's crazy to me, though, is we're like Tag seven months away. Well, there's Tag and Binks in the, in the movie, too, which is also pretty crazy. Uh, but we're seven months away. There's no so way they're keeping the original date. They they just reannounced. Well, they, the they, they got plenty they of time. They just production, no, no. and they, they said they May twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. There's no. I will be. I we should come up with a bet because I don't believe there's a single. I, I will bet you. I I will bet. You know figure, what? I know we should figure you something out. Okay. Wait. No. 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 I'm I'm gonna take you up on that. I'll take you up on that. Star Wars <laughs> celebration in twenty nineteen. I will buy you a drink. Done. Well, because I don't know the, if the we're gonna meet. They finished production. I need All something more. All they have to do is like finish up the film. <laughs> I'll take a new. <laughs> I need something more. Republic credits. Republic okay, credits. I'll send you a I porg. I will send you a porg. Ooh. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know where I can get plenty of them. Trust me. And they what drive the me one? nuts. Or I'll and... send you the pork mug. Have you well, you, what you guys don't know is that Tom actually runs a pork <laughs> farm. And, uh, yeah, uh, really. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's actually where Ahsoka um, went to go live. Oh, so, no, so you're saying Tom took Ahsoka out to the farm and she's totally fine. You just won't see her again. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> the pork farm. She's out with the porks. I've seen this movie, Tom. <laughs> I, actually, I was going to say, it makes more sense with Sabine because that's the name of my dog, not Ahsoka. At, actually, uh, hang on, wait, wait, wait. While we've got it, speaking of taking things out to the farm, <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. Oh, that's so oh, wow. sad. Our second that's announcement so for yeah, might as well might as well get this one out of the way too. Uh, oh, nice. So segue. today, EA, EA, oh, wow, I can't talk. EA announced that uh, Visceral Games, one of their studios in I think it was in California, right? Uh, uh, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere is being shut down. Notable for us, of course, because EA was sorry, Visceral Games was the studio responsible for the one of the three Star Wars projects announced when Disney gave the rights to Star Wars to EA. Oh, this was the this project that Amy sad. Hennig was leading, who was obviously one of the Uncharted uh, primary writers on Uncharted. Uh, we'd only gotten snippets. This was going to be the you know heavy story, linear based Star Wars game, and they've announced that they will retool it across some EA Worldwide Studios, but 
it's kind of tough to know what that actually means. Oh, this is so disappointing. And I, I, I will say before we sound callous or anything, <clears throat> um, thankfully all of the employees or as many as possible are being moved to other studios. So it sounds like everyone is keeping their jobs for the most part, Which or they're going to do their thing. best to, to keep their thing. job. So while we're going to focus more on the star Wars aspect of this, I know this definitely affects people's lives as well. And hopefully uh, they're all able to, uh, to to find new roles in other EA studios. Um, but as far as Star Wars goes, yeah, I mean, this was going to be... I mean, for those of you who don't know, Amy Hennig is the, was the, the creative mind behind the Uncharted series on PlayStation, which I thought was fantastic. It's very narrative, story-driven, and I was hoping we would get effectively Uncharted... Star Wars, the, the Uncharted in space, the Star Wars version of, of Uncharted, which would have been amazing. I was the, so looking forward to that. There is a true lack of great single player content in the gaming industry, and yeah. this is another fallen brother. That and and what's and what's concerning is that you know Patrick Soderlund, uh, who who kind of runs a lot of the um, uh, EA Star Wars stuff, he he said that. You know, in in his blog post, uh, he said, "quote Our industry is evolving faster and more dramatically than ever before. The game we want to play and spend time with, the experiences we want to have in those games, and the way we all play, all those things are continually changing. Uh, so is the way games are made. In this fast-moving space, we want to always be focused on creating experiences that our players want to play. And today, that means we're making a significant shift in one of our upcoming titles. And he goes on to say that you know the, the game was it was going to be a, a story-based linear action adventure game." And they test it with players, listen to their feedback, and they realized this wasn't the game people wanted to play, and nor was it aligning with fundamental yes. shifts in the market. Uh, which that, I would fundamentally disagree with. Um, well, uh, maybe the game itself, maybe the game mechanics weren't good. I, don't, I can't speak to that, but in terms of like, I want a story-based game. And that's yeah, exactly I, what they're saying. No, maybe we won't do that. So while they're going to maintain the stunning, the quote, stunning visuals, authenticity in the Star Wars universe and focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life, notice he says a, bringing a Star Wars story to life, not focusing exclusively on the story, um, they are shifting, uh, they are, quote, shifting the game to a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, leaning into the capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore, which sounds so- to me. Which sounds to me First like person shooter. Uh, it sounds to me more like open world, like almost Destiny style Star I, Wars game. I hear first person shooter, and I hear yeah. you know marketing. I mean, this is an unfortunate truth of the industry today, which is that games are more expensive more expensive than ever to make. They make not less money necessarily, but it's a lot harder for them to make back what they make. And developers are experimenting with many different ways in order to kind of recoup their expenses reliably battlefront obviously just went through the second battlefront i mean went through a lot of uh discussion i'll say around what is and isn't appropriate for uh you know pay like you know pay for content after you've purchased the game and we'll see if this also falls to that bug yeah this is this is very sad and and that's one thing to where i am not i am considering me the casual gamer i do not like to do downloadable content if I have to pay for it. I, I'm not, you know what? I would rather sit here and if I can get that content, like let's say some of the, the, the Lego games, if I have to play, 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 play to get a character, fine. 
You know, the only downloadable content I actually paid for was one of the Batman Lego ones to where I was able to get Arrow. I was able to get uh, a couple other of the downloadable content. But other than that, even when it comes to the handheld, I, I'm not going to pay for downloadable content. I haven't bought, and I will say this, the Lego Force Awakens because I don't want to pay for the downloadable content. I'd love to play it, yeah. and but I don't think even it's, on it's my about, iPad. And it's not just it's, about downloadable content. Like, a lot of the controversies around like paying to uh, become better at the game. Um, yeah, or or a subscription. It's like right. why I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna spend this money on a game to subscribe to it to get this downloadable content. It's like, but I just paid for the game. Why do I got to keep paying for something I'm I'm playing? You There's, know, we could go actually for a mile on. This. I know, and I, we, we can. I, I'm gonna try and curve the discussion a little bit, only because <laughs> I know that we're reviewing a fair, very sizable. Uh, yes, and I'm very excited today. about that. Absolutely, so it's a great. Just, just to wrap things up, segment. then, um, according to uh, a quote given to IGN, um, the uh, EA is still in discussions with Amy Hennig about her next move. Uh, which means you may may not actually be involved in the project anymore either, which is unfortunate. Uh, and the assets of the game will be uh, used as the foundation for the new game. So it sounds like not everything is being thrown out, but it is not. It is no longer on track for a fiscal year 2019 release. Instead, it will be released at some point <laughs> in the future. And they're they're not. That answer is vague and unconvincing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yes, that, thank you, thank you for saying that before I did. The, the last slightly concerning thing is that the at the very end of the press release, they mention, uh, you know, they mentioned Star Wars Battlefront 2 coming up in just a few weeks. And they mentioned uh, Galaxy of Heroes, which is their uh, their their you know, free to play mobile, mobile game. game. Yeah. They make no mention of tight of uh, respawns. Um, that's that's early enough, though, that I'm less concerned potentially about that. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that the lack of a mention there is not is just an oversight or the fact that it's too early and not like, oh, that all project's also been canned. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Well yeah, we'll see. Tom, why don't you tell us about what we'll be reviewing tonight? Sure. We are gonna be reviewing reviewing season four, episodes one and two, Heroes of Mandalore. Episode one was written by Henry Gilroy and Stephen Melching, directed by Stuart Lee. The synopsis for the first episode was Sabine leads a rescue of her father from the Empire. The second part of the episode, naturally, is still considered Heroes of Mandalore. This was written by Christopher Yost and directed by Sal Ruiz. And in this one, Sabine must decide to destroy or use a very deadly weapon. So, yeah. Great, great, great way to start the last season of Star Wars Rebels. Can you guys believe that? We are on... The no. final season of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> Would you say it's the final countdown? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, I actually do think about that every time I watch an episode. I'm like, wow, there's only you know x more episodes left um, this this season. Uh, you know, we've got what uh, 16 episodes total, nine uh, in the first half, seven in the back half, uh, early next year, and this is two of the 16. We're like an eighth of the way done with the season already. If you want to be a little bit depressed. <laughs> well, it's but a but horrible yeah, way of looking at it, William. Thank you. <laughs> but you, but you, you also have to look at it this way. I mean, sadly, this one is going 
sadly, this one is going away. We don't know how far this story is going to extend into the Star Wars universe to kind of butt it up to films. But at some point, you would hope they're going to make the announcement of the follow-on series between now and the end of the series. Oh, they have I'm to sure. Make some I'm sure. I'm sure. And it also is uh, kind of a silver lining. This show gets to end the way they want it to end. They don't just get chopped in the yes. middle. Yes which I'm still very bitter about, which is a very rare thing in television nowadays. Absolutely. This way they don't have to come to celebration whenever that is in 2019. If it is in 2019 and go, Hey, check out this uh, story reel we have here of something that could have come (laughs) out, but not. And if the first few episodes are an indication, I think we're going to end this. Yeah. 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 And I guess for this episode was Dave Filoni, once again, the supervising director for these. Uh yeah, he was mentioned at the end. Uh, so that's good. It sounds like when was work. Filoni pulled off of supervisor just, directing? Just last season. Uh, yeah, I think it was last season. Yeah, I think they put yeah, him they, in development. He, he he he's. I just I remember right? a big kind of a, not necessarily a stink about it, but people noticed and they're like, oh my gosh, is he off the show? Well, no, they just pulled him back to be more of an overseer of sorts, so that he had it kind of a a a, a bigger reach over the whole. Over the whole show as, as itself, so it, it's not that he was leaving the show necessarily, but he was, I guess, given bigger reins to have to deal with. Yeah, well, I think he's also right. working on you know forces yeah. of destiny and all, whatever new show is in the pipeline. He's working on. He has got like a bunch of uh, oh, he's very busy. The fire. <laughs> um, yeah, but it sounds like you know he's gonna be a little bit more involved in this uh, in the season, which is uh, which is good. Um, but the the episode starts off right with uh, the 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 attempted rescue of Sabine's father Aldrich. Uh, if you'll remember, end of last season, uh, we find out that uh, Sabine's father has been captured by the Empire, um, and he's being held. And so they they kind of pick up where that story left off. And uh, well, and, that but I actually want to talk about that a little bit because yeah. that was not the very end of last season right that wasn't that you know that's true through yes well it was was right before um yeah it was we had uh we had the the mandalore episodes legacy of mandalore um and then then they went to you know through imperial eyes secret cargo and we kind of led up to the end double agent droid twin sons and then zero hour uh, but you're right. It I was, was like, a, four or five episodes in the end. It was a. I had a very weird feeling starting the season because my, you know, it's been a while since I had watched, the, you know, the end of season three, and my recollection is, you know, the season kind of ends with a uh, fire and brimstone for the rebellion as Thrawn annihilates a lot of the rebel fleet, and yes, yeah. they they kind of succeed and get out, but it was not a a great moment for the rebellion, and mm-hmm. it felt like a lot of that just. It wasn't really represented in this particular episode. Um, we got a couple mentions of the rebellion, you know, as we'll talk about later with uh, Hera and Kanan. But overall, it was—I felt like it was almost like this could have been an episode in the middle of season three, or I mean, obviously after the last the Mandalore episode. But yeah, it didn't feel like the big kind of like they didn't deal beginning with that I was expecting. Yeah, like I was just, and I expect we'll probably get that when they probably when, was it going to be next episode? I guess when we return towards the rebellion. Yeah, but it was it was an interesting way to start the season with a kind of a more focused story just about Mandalore. Maybe you have to look at it this way. Maybe they started it this way. So there is a payoff to this close to the middle of the series. Yeah, that 
Well, and that I might be the best way to look at we'll it. We'll probably get a payoff with Mandalore, and I wonder if a little bit of it as well is that they want to jump into the kind of the rebel story and, you know, not get distracted by little things like, oh, we have to wrap up this story in Mandalore too. Hmm. Right. I kind of got the impression that we that we skipped ahead, you know, of a few, I mean, not a long time, but maybe a few weeks where we didn't really see the aftermath of, of what had happened. I think at the end of Zero Hour, they escaped with what? The the ghost, the gauntlet. I think they had like two hammerheads and maybe a Krillin Corvette and a few A-wings and Y-wings. Like they were, they were yeah, mostly was... obliterated. Yep. Um, and, well, we know and... from commentary that this is the battle that makes the Rebellion so tentative when it comes to the Battle of Scarif and why they don't want to commit to it. Mm-hmm. Right, because last time they yeah. they they tried to put up a fight, they were just destroyed. So, so. yeah, no, I, I I I agree with you. Um, I agree with you there. I, I think they it would have been nice to have a bit more setup or at least a discussion around like, oh, we're still reeling from the from our the devastating attacks or something. But um, yeah, there, you're right. There is a. There actually, well, you know what the hell? We can skip forward to it a little bit anyway. There's a discussion. Yeah, I think is it. It's in the second episode, I believe, between Hera and uh, Kanan, where Hera's you know talking about you know the you know when are you guys going to be back and kind of things like that. And she has a line that I think alluded to this fairly well, actually, where she's like, you know, the rebellion agreed to loan you out essentially just to rescue Hera's father. Like we can't commit to like fighting the rest of this battle which I thought was a very interesting uh, kind of statement from the rebellion that, you know, hey, Mandalore might be lost and maybe it's time to stop uh, putting resources into a battle that you're not going to win. Yeah, but they can always use the Mandalorians. I mean, they need that. They need right now the rebellion as much help as they can get. So it's an, an interesting discussion for sure. But yeah, it is. the episode kind of picks up immediately with Sabine and Ezra going after Sabine's father and a nice fight added a very interesting looking kind of, I don't know if I'd call it a prison, but it's a, I don't know. What's the, it, it, a holding it almost facility, looked like maybe? a Jenga. It looked like Jenga. <laughs> it looked like a really, really, really weird Jenga type piece. I know. I, so the Mandalorian capital is the game uh, Trouble. And their prisons are jank. Okay, there you go. It. Okay. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, so we find out that uh, not only is Sabine's father not at this prison, but it was actually a trap. Uh, a trap. I can speak words. Uh, thank you. It's a wrap. You, none, of you, none of you are helpful, which I know you know, but I just want to reiterate. Uh, <laughs> we went for the easy joke. I know. Over, you overused so many times, but... By the way, that's a cop. Are you surprised? Anyway, couldn't have resisted that. <laughs> we discover oh. that Tiber Saxon has set a trap for Sabine, and Sabine's really the only one he cares about. The rest of them can kind of go die as far as he's concerned. And he kind of does. <laughs> well, well uh, yeah, and, and, and that that was part was interesting because that was, that was actually a direct order from um, from Thrawn much later on. Well, because it, I mean, we're skipping ahead, but it all comes down to the uh, the Duchess. Yes, yes. But, yes, which I uh, found very funny that it was called The Duchess. Yes, but we'll, 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 yeah, we'll get to we'll, that. We'll, we'll come back to that. Let's so, not jump ahead too far. Right now. Uh, yeah. The other fun part, of course, is Ezra finally gets his jetpack. You know, yes. he, he spent all <laughs> last season talking about how 
much he wishes he had one and uh, didn't really work out for him. And the funny thing is he had these few months to figure out how to make it work. Did he even attempt it? No. Well, I, I, I love like, you know, he it's, it, it, he's clearly using it for probably, you know, the first time and he's horrible at it. He's like oh, he's spinning terrible. all around and like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so funny. It, it, it was hilarious. And he was also using a biker scout helmet. I mean, come on. If you want to, although it was painted nice. Uh, he, it was very nicely really, painted. Yeah, it was very nicely painted by, you know, Sabine. But still, he could have at least tried to figure out a Mandalorian helmet. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe he needed the Mandalorian helmet because of the aerodynamics. Nah. And the Biker Scout helmet kind of no, only that, works on a Biker Scout. Scout, that's, scout his, that's, his, that's his helmet, Tom. He, it's, a, it's his thing he, he collected. You know? Okay, but take a look at the other helmets. Go ahead, Aaron, go ahead. I'm pretty sure the Mandalorians are a little possessive of their helmets. Yes. <laughs> I don't well, think I'm going to find one lying around. <laughs> well, no, you, yeah. you know what? I really hate to say this, but a little bit later, yeah, he kind of does. Wait, um, uh, uh, doesn't, don't we oh. also discover that uh, is Ezra wearing Mandalorian armor as well? Well, it's no. part of the I, No, 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 no. It's, it's no, only the, the jetpack. It's, yeah, it's the mount for the jetpack on the front. I So this is, okay, I'm going to skip ahead because now I want to, I'm don't care anymore. So when he gets hit by the Duchess <laughs> later on, I thought there was a sequence where he, uh, sorry, when after Sabine turns it to make it affect stormtroopers, uh-huh. yeah, it right. only affects his helmet. Oh, maybe I guess yes, that's because yes. the biker scout, the biker helmet. scout helmet, which I gotcha. love okay. the little detail. His helmet yes. gets zapped. He's like yikes and like rips it off. Uh, <laughs> I I really appreciate that. Um. Yeah, but we, but, we gotta you know, go back. We gotta go back. But just just in general, <laughs> we have to go back. Yeah. Um, the uh, the uh, so ap- apparently the the whole scene with Ezra learning how to fly um, was uh, the, the early concept for that was based on the movie The Rocketeer, which was directed by ILMer Joe Johnston, who was the creator of Boba Fett's armor. So it all comes I- around. Ah, love wow. the Rocketeer. Thank you for bringing that up because you know it what? Until you circle. brought that up, it uh, never dawned on me that yes, that was when Cliff Secord, that whole first flight sequence. Yeah, okay, I see yeah. it now. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh, so wait, cool. Tom, hang on, Todd, Todd, Tom. I did have one question for you. Go ahead. What's the Rocketeer? <laughs> was, that like, was that like a black and white movie? Oh, oh my God. It or, or what, no, it did, they, did it have sound? Oh, no, orchestra playing in front of the movie. Wow. Wow. Well, you see, there was a time when there was this cartoon called Felix the Cat that was black and white that would be like, or was it, um, oh, I don't know, but they used to have like a piano player in front with music in the cart. Anyway, no. Rocketeer was done somewhere by, I think, I think it was Disney back in the late 80s, 90s or something. It actually does sound vaguely familiar to me. And I, I've never seen it, but I've seen the concept art and things like that. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly's in it. Also, I, I, I like Jennifer how it's connected. Oh, that's okay. Um, um, but I, I also loved, like, you know, uh, the <laughs> all the the puns we got in this one. Of, of course, you, uh, this podcast is going to like the puns and the and the jokes. You know, like shocking. Ezra's complaining about his jetpack, and Sabine's like, "I'm sure you'll pick it up on the fly." And what made it even better was that Chopper was trying to explain the joke. <laughs> To that. <laughs> that was good. Chopper had a couple of really awesome moments this episode. I'm gonna have he to watch did. it one more time. 
Yeah. Oh, that, that, got that a trooper. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, what did you think uh, of this whole sequence? I, especially the the comment from Sabine about how her her spies in the capital have been right so far, and they claim claim that her father Aldrich was there. Were they? Do you think they were lying to her, or were the spies just deceived? I don't know. That um, you know, jumping in the middle of that, not having much lead up to you know her whole uh, the, the whole movement, like uh, uh, the mission for it, just kind of being dropped in the middle, like oh well, here it is, you know. That I don't know. I would assume that they were probably uh, led on by some imperial informants to give her that information as a, a misleading trap for her. So well, it, it, you got to keep in mind, William, even Bothan's spies can be deceived. Right. And if Bothans <laughs> can be deceived, then maybe, maybe Sabine's using the Bothans. You never know. Those guys, hey, everyone wait thinks a minute, they're wait, correct. Wait, wait. But, but Bothans get... are off limits. Remember, Bothans <laughs> are off limits. We have no re- no idea why. Well, you got to remember, I'm Manny Bothans sure is—he's a very important car- character in Star Wars. So, oh, that's right, really he's a really Bothans. busy guy. Like he's working with Sabine right now, though. But no, what people don't understand is that, you know, the the Bothans or Manny Bothans—they think they know what's going on, but it's always a trap, and they're always deceived. Always. Just gotta, gotta watch out. Okay, so how cool was it to have Sabine come out of the trench, raising the dark saber with almost like a charge, like you know, charge of the light brigade. And I just love the shots of like Kanan showing off and jumping from one jetpack stormtrooper to another to another through the air. Uh, it was just such a great, so many great moments in the battle. I mean, the the, the general surroundings I think are are fairly sparse and with the with the Jenga tower. Uh, so it was like a simple uh, battlefield, um, but it was uh, I think it was still uh, effective. Uh, and then of course, you know. The uh, the heroes are, are are surrounded and all hope seems lost. And then the cavalry shows up, and who comes out? Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, no, God, no. Aaron, why Bo- don't you take this one? That hurt. Bo-Katan. That hurt. Sorry, no, that Aaron. Hurt. That hurt. Oh, How great was it to see Bo-Katan back? Oh my goodness, it was awesome, and just oh, I totally kind of fangirled a lot. <laughs> Um, not just because, you know, she, not necessarily that she was overshadowed by, uh, her sister, but that, you know, she kind of didn't get her, her move into the spotlight after, uh, Satine was killed in the Clone Wars. So now should we get to get her back? It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. So the question at this point is how long is she going to be back for? I mean, have they, they said how, because it was nice to have Katie Sackhoff back to do the voice, but did they say how long right. Bo-Katan's going to be there? I don't Is know. Be I, episodes? I mean, they're putting her pretty forefront in the whole Mandalore thing with, uh, well, I mean, again, this is jumping ahead, but yeah, I know. Sorry. But I mean, they're kind of setting her up to potentially go forward, like right. a lot. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I would not be opposed to seeing more Mandalorian off stories. Um, I have no problem with that either. Yeah. Not, not necessarily having to be in either the, the rebels timeline or, you know, any of the movies, but like, you know, they could go off on their own comic series. They could be a game. 
they're they're really a lot of opportunities once they do this setup for where they're leading to with her. Well, I, yeah. I think when it comes to a game, there was the possibility of that, but that kind of got canned. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the interesting I, question I, is going to really be. The Mandalorians are, at least at the moment, kind of aligned spiritually, at least with the Rebellion. Right. But they're not mentioned anywhere in 4, 5, or 6. Okay, but wait a minute. What part of the Mandalorians? Because if you go back into the Mandalorian lore that may not be there anymore, um, the clans were kind of like sometimes fighting each other. And they're more like mercenaries. So the question now is, how are they setting up the Mandalorians now within this new universe? Since well, the other universe, right. well, there's could a, not, I mean, at the, the, point, at the at the at the end of the episode, all of the Mandalorian clans, from or I take it all, but is are, that all though? I mean, I didn't read it as all. Tom, I I know there. You're, I know yeah. you're worried about one very specific clan. Yes, I am. <laughs> Look, I, I don't think they they didn't they didn't mention all the clans by name, but I think the what the the intent they were trying to convey was that all of the clans were uh were were basically swearing allegiance to Bo-Katan at the end. Okay. But and, but I, and, I, I, and she takes the title of Mandalore, okay, right? But and I, so, I get I, I get a little bit of a problem that I'm gonna go back to Rebels on the I'm sorry, Clone Wars, on the episode in which I really hated were where Ahsoka went to Mandalore and kept saying that one word over and 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 over again. But you saw that whole city with all that amount of people. You can't tell me that the heads, those head jumping to the end, that those represented basically a whole planet. There has to be other clans. Oh, I I think you're right. But I think the assumption was that, or the, the, the they they can't show like you know millions of people right but i i i think what they're trying to convey to us is that all of the clans have sworn allegiance to uh to bokatan i don't know about that actually i expect no? i think the way we're going to find that mandalore is essentially written out, out of the mainline stories in star wars is that what's really happening is mandalore is going to enter a larger more prolonged civil war between the imperial loyalists who i still believe are probably still around after this episode and the rest of you know the people and well here, I... here's the go ahead here, here here's the bigger here's the big question i have for you guys then right um at, in the episode guide it says the clans pledge allegiance to bo-katan she accepts the dark saber uniting mandalore um, oh, well, maybe that sounds to me like the whole clan is united. But me, me, even if it isn't, even if even if you know your 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 theory is correct and, and they're divided, do you think we'll get any more? And I was going to ask this question at the end, but let's just talk about it right now. Let's talk at the beginning of that, at the top of the episode. Do you think? Order yet anyway. So. Do you think they? <laughs> that's true. Do you think they? Um, do you think we'll see any more of Mandalore? Uh, in, uh, in Rebels. On Mandalore, no. I think we'll see more of Mandalorians and Rebels, though. You do? I could have sworn there were a couple of shots in the trailer that occurred later on with maybe the rest of the Rebellion dealing with Mandalorians. Hmm. But the more I think about it, the more I think the way we... The only people we know from the crew that make it into, you know, Rogue One or the rest of the canon... Uh, I shouldn't say rest of the canon, but, you know, at least get mentions later on are uh, Hera and... Uh, chopper. chopper 
Yeah. I expect what's going to happen is the group's going to get broken up. Something's going to happen with Kanan and Ezra. And I think Sabine's going to end up fighting the good fight on Mandalore with the rest of her people. And there, there were already some pretty serious uh, hints that direction about the future that uh, Sabine has to play with her people. And I think that's going to become more in the forefront throughout this season. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Uh, but okay, then then you have to get to the point to explain how does Boba Fett end up being a bounty hunter and working for the Empire? But Boba Fett's never. I don't really think they're going to explain that. I, yeah. I don't think they're going to explain this in this series at all. Okay, I can understand the never been a Mandalorian. Okay, uh, that I, I can. I can. Just what I'm looking at it like. We we only have 16 episodes. This is two of them. Are they going to devote another episode or two to Mandalore? Unless the Mandalorians maybe like show up in the middle of some other giant I, I expect fight. they'll show up in. I expect the big theme of this season is going to be the rebellion. Uh, the rebellion kind of coming together. And I think Mon Mothma and Sabine and Hera are going to call on Mandalore to join them. And I think Mandalore will be will reject and not become part of the rebellion. Okay, hmm. that's I, my okay, my so personal Aaron, pet theory. Okay, so Aaron, what do you think about all this? I think it's I their main focus seems to be not just um, you know the rebellion as a whole, but just liberating their home world from the empire empire's influence on them. So I think that once they accomplish that, once they do get rid of the empire, then they are going to remain basically, uh, you know, concerned with themselves for, so they're going to stay neutral. I think so. Um, that would, I think fit with at least what I've kind of come to understand as the Mandalorian culture, they're, they're warriors and they protect their family and their clans. And I think because we have the example of Boba Fett fighting for, or well being employed by the empire, he's not really considered a Mandalorian. I think for that, that reason that he is Mm -hmm. a hired hand. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas they, they value, you know, family, clan, home over, anything so i mean i i I like that these two episodes were focused on them that um we got to see the uh the mandalorians coming together against the empire and the how the ghost crew kind of helps fit in with that and, and helps to uh get them kind of on their feet again and united against it but i think that'll be the end of their story i really don't think they would be rebels necessarily they they just want to get rid of the imperial occupation that is oppressing them and then that will be it but that's yeah. just what i think no, 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 that's fair, <laughs> enough. fair enough yeah well, no, it, it, that's a that's a great that that's a that's a great thought so you know the the, the thing that was interesting to me with the the first half of the episode is they they set up a lot of things and then uh well so anyone who went to the star wars celebration uh or at star wars celebration they premiered the first uh half of this two-parter uh oh so you guys didn't even get to see the whole thing (laughs) no not at all and so they set up a lot of things and then completely fooled us for six months (laughs) good um one of those (laughs) things was payback (laughs) (laughs) 
That that so, way you didn't come on the podcast going. That was I a saw very, the whole thing. Uh, a very I, happy laugh there. I know. Well, I had to choose uh, going to the five hundred first Legion group photo over the Rebels premiere, so I feel a little better yeah. now. <laughs> 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 well, so the, the the first thing they 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 did was uh you know at the, at at the beginning of the episode, um, Sabine offers the dark saber to Bo-Katan and she refuses, saying that she doesn't think she's worthy and that she's not the leader they seek. She's not her sister, uh, you know, Satine, um, and uh, and 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 that's all we see in that episode. So we're like, Oh, she's going to get the dark saber. She's perfect. Oh no, she didn't get the dark saber. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> and at the end of the episode in, in part two, which we did not see, they're like, Oh yeah, no, she really does get the dark saber. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack uh, a bit on the dark saber. Okay. When Sabine was going through the, the fight and all that heroics at the beginning of the episode, did she really not use that lightsaber the way she should have? She was more like wielding it back and forth, not really going after people. And like, you know, you've got a dark saber. Well, it's like a lightsaber. Start slashing and dashing these guys, man. Well, I also noticed that uh, Ezra was kind of holding back too. He never really slashed okay. any, any stormtroopers directly. I think, and I, I don't know if that's a, a, a conscious choice by the directors and the the crew to to not be so you know wander into pg territory where they're lopping off limbs and cutting stormtroopers heads open or whatever but i did i I decided that anytime we see a blaster get cut in half it's really just a person getting cut (laughs) and they just didn't really want to show it (laughs) there was one scene in particular where uh during the speeder chase scene a little bit later in the episode uh sabine is going after uh, she's on her speeder and she pulls up next to another speeder yeah. and she pulls in front of him so that the stormtrooper has a chance to aim and shoot at her. <laughs> and then she chops the speeder in half. I was like, mm, you could have done that a little earlier. That's what we're going to do. A little safer. We're going to lead with that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it worked. <laughs> then, yeah, but speaking of the, the speeder scene, though, um, I, I, I that was a fun one. Uh, they they Bo-Katan uh, comes with information from uh, Sabine's mother uh, Ursa Wren uh, about the location of her father. Apparently, he's being moved to the capital of Bandalore, Sundari, for his execution, and so they decide to rescue him in route. And um, uh, and, and so they they basically intercept the vehicles in transit in a very uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, style uh, uh, chase uh, mm-hmm. and, and end up rescuing uh, Aldrich. Which, Thoughts on, which was, on this? Which was very cool, but you know, I think a shuttle could have gotten him there quicker. <laughs> and I know for story reasons, totally for story reasons, that this is probably the best way for them to do it. But a shuttle could have gotten there quicker and they wouldn't and have had safer. to go through. And safer, and wouldn't have had to be, uh, oh God, ambushed, um, you know. But but it did make for a very good nod to Indiana Jones, especially the part where Ezra got underneath the the transport, and you could almost yeah. feel the Indiana Jones thing where he, you know, he 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 would take the um, the whip and put it in the bottom of the gear shaft, you know, and and that type of stuff. So it it did work out and. Well, and didn't I'm and say, of the it's whip, a fun episode. Yeah, it's a lightsaber and stabs it right to the oh, yeah. bottom. 
Oh, go ahead, Aaron. Uh, but didn't they also kind of almost expect that their transport would get attacked? Like, if they have a ground speeder like they had, then they can launch a counterattack and try to capture Sabine, which was still the intended... Uh, That's true. Uh, the the mission that Thrawn had set them on. That's so. true. That 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 was that was something we kind of glossed over because the 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 Mandalorian totally forgot his name. The Mandalorian that was on the Imperial side did want to capture Sabine because he needed her because she knew how to get the weapon right. a little bit more powerful than it actually right. was. So it was kind of almost like a baiting her. Um, wasn't yeah. wasn't Tiber Tiber Saxon? Wasn't he wanting? Um, I thought I thought I, I thought Theron didn't command him to go capture Sabine until the, the second episode. He makes a comment uh, during the first episode, during that first battle, to you know capture Sabine but leave the rest the rest alive. And oh, during the right. discussion okay. with right, right, uh, right. Thrawn, actually in the second episode, Thrawn makes a comment like, "Oh, did you think I wouldn't notice that the weapon's range wasn't what you promised me?" And God. that's right. The way I took that was he 100% knew that was the case and was hoping he'd capture Sabine and fix it before Thrawn noticed. Got it. Uh, you can't okay. get anything past Thrawn. No, you, you can That's why we have a sequel book coming. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I, I thought there were a lot of cool moments in in that chase. Uh, I especially liked, I think my favorite was Kanan uh, jumping into the transport uh, and it's like all dark inside with the four stormtroopers and uh you know all of a sudden he turns on his lightsaber it's almost like vader in rogue one you know at the end of rogue one uh oh, and he just yeah. takes, oh, great great shot and then chopper picking up a blaster and smacking stormtrooper <laughs> on the head. to be honest that might be my favorite scene of the entire opening set of episodes the, <laughs> really watching him not only just pick it up but you know smack the stormtrooper and then like throw the blaster behind him like he's too cool to you know mm-hmm. <laughs> to carry it around with him even more. Oh, that's great! Cool guys, I, don't look I back at it. it. Explosion. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and then like the the end of of the of the fight uh, again kind of reminded me of Uncharted in some ways, where the the train like goes off the side of the cliff. Train, sorry. The um the vehicles go off the side of the cliff. And Ezra and Aldric managed to escape. Uh, well, Ezra hands Aldric a, a jetpack, um, and uh, you know says, "You know, trust me, I'm better off without it." And then he ends up jumping from like falling vehicle to falling vehicle to get back up to the top, which was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Have to admit that was pretty cool. Yeah, he's showing off for her. <laughs> well, yeah. he was showing off. <laughs> well, but, exactly. but Wait a minute. He did it for a reason because he he landed just short enough to where Sabine had to reach out and grab him. Do you think that was intentional? He almost killed himself. <laughs> no, not say, intentional. Well, well, I wouldn't say intentional that he was he was willing to fall. I would say he was intentional to to you know, hey Sabine, check this out. I'm going to save your father. I'm giving him the jetpack because you know I can't fly, and then you're <laughs> well, going to have to save me. We did have it was what? probably my least favorite line where he's like, "Don't worry, I'm with your daughter." No, I'm not. You're with your daughter. Yeah, I yeah, mean, no, we're friends. Okay, that made okay me no, wait a minute. That wasn't. That wasn't. Okay, yeah, that wasn't the worst line. I agree with Aaron. That actually was pretty funny. Okay, because that you you look at it this way. You have to look at it this way. That age. He's going to take it that way. He's going to take it to where it's like, oops, that's not what I meant. Wait a minute. This is what I meant. It's not like I'm not with you. No, I'm – no. Okay. You know what I mean. I mean I totally get it. That I thought was very funny. 
that's true. And Tom, even you, you know, are you a Jedi? Age, so. Let's Absolutely, so. I got a son that's that age. <laughs> yeah, and he no, probably I, would be I, better I, with you. Of all pack. people would know. <laughs> um, but but no, that, that whole the whole scene was 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 great. Uh, Ezra, um, sorry, <laughs> Aaron, um, what? <laughs> Starts with the new year, right? Uh, what did you think of uh, Sabine's father, uh, Aldrich? That was an Wait, was what you were interesting expecting? take. No, I was not expecting. Um, the way that they kind of you know talked about how important he was, I was expecting him to be you know dressed head to toe, just exactly like his uh, like Sabine's mother. Um, so for him to be the the artistic one and um, you know, start talking to Sabine about, well, your influences was, and and I, I think your, your, your form is kind of waning or whatever he said. It was, it was kind of interesting. I was like, well, cool. Mom is the warrior badass. That's awesome. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. I will say I was a little surprised that Sabine's father was a bail Organa. I just, it was, you know, what? Uh, big thank surprise you. to me. Thank you. I have to applaud you. that. He totally looks like Bale Garner. The With only the difference is Goatee doesn't like go all the way up. It's like he has like a mustache and like you it's know, it's his disguise, William. The, the beard's not <laughs> real. He shaves it every now and then. But you... yeah, it's like he shaved the middle of it. That's the only difference between him and Bale. I literally went back and pulled up a uh, a photo of Bale Organa in Rebels, and if you look at them side by side, they're like almost identical except for that goatee. <laughs> Like the shape of the goatee and the mustache is yeah. a little different. Well, I'm sure they probably saved a little bit on an extra model, maybe. Does that make Sabine and Leia's what? sisters? <laughs> okay, no, yeah, wait, 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 so. wait, 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 wait. You guys are taking it the wrong way here, okay? Because I took it as I I'm still reading. Bail Organa know, is undercover. No. No. I'm taking he it. He has this a second way, family? No. Yes. I'm taking guys. This is come the big on. secret. <laughs> Can I nobody could know, but now I'd like to thank you, Aaron. I'm in the middle of, I'm still reading Leia, Princess, you know, of Alderaan, whatever it is. And you definitely see the dynamic to where it's, well, we're going to get to the book in a bit, but I see the definite dynamics between, you know, uh, uh, Sabine's parents and Leia's parents, but they're separate people, but it still gets me to where it's like, oh my God. It's it's I'm not saying it's exactly Bail Organa. You don't know if Bail Organa can paint or draw or even animate. I mean, he's I from Alderaan. If anyone can paint, it's people from Alderaan. Uh-huh. Yeah, what but, else and he's he always but, gone but that, at Coruscant all the time, leaving Bria back home on Alderaan. <sighs> that Bail Organa, uh, man. So wait a minute. You think he's off-planet at a museum showing his artwork? That's why he leaves? <laughs> no, I think he's on Mandalore. <laughs> oh, he's on Mandalore. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, We're now you're going way off base because I still think they're two separate people. <laughs> but I agree with Aaron. This that totally that totally caught me off guard. Where it's like, oh, it's the dad that was the artist. Oh, he's the one that was critiquing Sabine in the artwork, and it's the mom who, like Stephen said, is the badass. <laughs> it, was was cool. it was pretty cool. Really cool. I especially it loved was. how um, as soon as Sabine splattered the 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 transport he yes, was in, he, he knew. Paint, he, he yes. recognized he knew her exactly. He's like, that's yes. that's Sabine. Hey, it was yes. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice Purple must cut. be his favorite color, I guess. I don't know. That was the tip-off. <laughs> but it's at this yeah. point that uh, Sabine's mother and Tristan, her brother, who had been you know fighting the diversion elsewhere, are confronted with uh, Tiber Saxon's new weapon, the Duchess, Whew. which we later discover is pr- 
Well, actually, I'd say it. You know, we had our uh, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, and this was almost, I'd say, Ark of the Covenant esque. Uh, I was, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. It's, yeah, you know, close enough. A mounted weapon on an ATDP that uh, targets people in Beskar armor. Which, as a side note, I thought was a great callback to uh, some of the Mandalorian novels we've gotten in the past. That was our. That's, that's probably the only callback. Okay, Tom. <laughs> uh, yes, it was the <laughs> fine. I'll give you that one. Thank uh, you. But it targets the armor and, you know, disintegrates the people inside of it. Which which is mm. a very fascinating and horrifying weapon at Absolutely the same time. Absolutely horrifying. But, yeah. but, to come, but to think of it this way, it was, and I'll say this, a kid at the time to design a weapon like that to use something that even she said herself, the Baskar armor has been in, in Mandalorian culture for generations. And each one takes that that armor and crafts it to their making. They've been doing it for like, again, generations, 500 years, whatever. And to think that a kid would use that history against their own people. Teenage now, rebellion. inadvertently. What are you going to do? Yeah, teenage, I, okay, I, I guess I got to keep an eye on my son then. Um, <laughs> you better be careful. Watch your family deal. heirlooms. and uh, Well, no. Yeah, I got I to gotta be careful. So, But that that's what I found very fascinating. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think she was, you know, Sabine, for those obviously, I'm, I'm sure you watched the episode, for those of you who didn't, Sabine actually designed this weapon. Um, when she was uh, in school. The, the Duchess. When she, when she was, was a school, school yeah. project. Some kids were working on, you know, they were coloring, you know, little suns on Mandalore and Sabine. Soda, the bar volcano. You know. <laughs> yeah. Dot, dot. No. Um, Color by numbers. But you know, I think it's explained like she's a she's a very competitive person. She was at the top of her class. She was already a munitions expert, and it sounds horrible. She what she really didn't know what she was doing, uh, or the scope of what it could, of how it would be used until she had created it and she realized, oh no, this is like this is horrible, and immediately tried to destroy it. Uh, but apparently, she did not do a good enough job. Yeah. Well, she did. She did enough to where it wasn't, let's say, quote unquote as powerful as it should have been put it that way well the one yeah. part of this episode that i thought was a little bit wonky is uh like with most technologies that once you've learned that something is possible that's usually half the battle there is no way that the empire couldn't reconstruct her weapon now that they know how to do it especially if it was just a matter of range i think you know, yeah. Well, it seems like they already did it once, at least. If Sabine truly did manage to destroy all of the prototypes, uh, the other thing that I want to talk about is William. You kind of talked about how you only got to see the first episode, and they kind of faked you out with the death of Sabine's mother and brother. I was, I, the ep- first episode ended, and it just uh-huh. kind of like they're all dead. Sabine's sitting there amidst the ashes of her people, and I'm just like, wow. Rebels is kicking it off with a like their fire first episode. People are dying everywhere, and the next episode yeah. starts like up oh, they're back. And I was like, I I feel a little robbed. <laughs> it did feel a little cheap, well, and I will say, no, I lived no, the come last. On. It, I didn't. I didn't think it was a cheat. Go uh, ahead. I mean, go ahead. Okay, maybe I have a different perspective because I lived the last six months believing that her parents were dead. Six months <laughs> i thought her parents were dead oh darn you phony <laughs> okay okay put it this way put it this way you've seen the new star wars trailer right 
Of Have you ever heard the term head fake? Uh, yes. Guess no, what? Yeah, that you was, got head fake. I did. I did. Uh, Done. For six months, I thought her parent, her her mom, and her her brother were were dead, and and they were definitely not. Um, I can. See. But that that whole scene was like. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Aaron. Uh, I, I, I can see how that would feel like you got cheated, but at the same time, she did try to warn them, and and she was the only one. They were the only ones she was talking to. So true. I I suppose I kind of it just I felt like, sorry, I like it added so much more weight okay, to the but, episode to just be like, yeah, we killed her mom and her brother, and and really like I, I don't know maybe maybe I'll, maybe there'll be a bigger presence later in the show, but I could see them killing her off them you know the, the killing the two off and it's just a much it's i mean they've done it before it's a bit darker and it's just it's a it's a big bold move and i just felt like they were like yes we're gonna go do this just okay. kidding okay. we're not gonna okay hang on hang on one second okay so who would you have rather had left in this story her mom a kick butt warrior or basically the dad slash bail organa <laughs> Ooh. What would have made a better story? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The mom and the brother. Okay, so they both survived. So the two of them, or or, or, or the dad. Yeah, but like, okay, did did her mom and brother really do all that much the rest of the episode? No. But you don't know what's going to happen if the, if I the next point in right. the story. Right, I don't. But if they, if they set up Bo Katan as the leader. Right. I, don't know. I mean, I'm okay. Right. They survived. It just was, it felt a little... It, it did feel like it lessened the moment, especially because like it was such a an emotional scene. Like I walked out of that screen going, "Whoa!" Like, oh, I feel bad for you know, you feel horrible for Sabine, and like you have her standing there amidst like the ashes, and she picks up some armor and like disintegrates in her hand. It was like really dark, and that was like paper. Yeah, and, it was like total paper. Yeah. Uh, and then they're just like, oh, just kidding. They were just barely outside. the. It was an opportunity to up the stakes for Rebel season one. And it's still, you know, a great pair of episodes. But I think they would have been even better if they if this had been driving Sabine as well. Imagine the choice at the end of the episode when she has the ability to choose between killing Tiber and letting him live. And she's got this added, you know, weight that, hey, this is the person who killed her mom and her brother. Yeah, and but and yet she still spares him. Like exactly, that, that's so much more powerful and so much more meaningful. The stuff. But I know it's dreams a are made. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, a, but take a, a look at Rogue One. Everybody died in on the back planet. of my head. Is like, oh, that's when they decided to air the two episodes back to back, so that they realized that they were being scared two people, people too much. <laughs> this is a kids show. I know it's not really fun, but yeah. But uh, they've done it before. They, but yeah, it did. It, it, yeah, they killed um, it just did Ezra's parents. They did. You're right. After no. they got him yeah, back, they and then, then they could have like a bonding moment where they both lost their parents. Well, not even their parents. Sabine was still her, her dad. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> well, you know, and, and technically, and technically, they may have killed off Ahsoka. We don't know that yet. <gasps> um, no, so the pork farm. <laughs> oh God! Don't start with the porgs. I'm going to okay. make this the thing on Twitter. It's going to happen. No. <laughs> oh, my God. You better watch your mail, my friend. <laughs> you may end up getting yourself a porg mug. <laughs> I have access. Hey, would that be a bad thing? Um, pulled, pulled pork? <laughs> pulled pork sandwich? That sounds delicious. Sold. Where can I, I eat you want Is that what Luke has been you know, living off of for the last 20 years? Is that why he hasn't left? <laughs> 
I'm so no, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay because you know it's it's a thing about you know Chewbacca now has new snacks. <laughs> they're 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 now Chewy okay. snacks. You know, like Scooby snacks. <laughs> Porgs are now Porgs are now the new Chewy snacks. Oh, they're they're Chewy Chewy Chewy. Doo. Anyway, so yeah, back uh, to the show. Um, <laughs> Okay, so so oh. okay, so the mother the mother and brother survive. Okay. So now they go to the Imperial facility because they have got to destroy that weapon. Okay, they've got to destroy this Duchess Witch. It's very interesting that that and I like the little bit of the exchange when Bo Katan realizes that the weapon was called Duchess. Um uh, that was a fantastic know. moment. Was, Thank you. Uh, the, Thank you. That's why I brought it up. That yeah, was great. I named I that I can perfectly picture Teenage Sabine thinking it's absolutely hilarious to name. No, like, oh yeah, I just I named it after you know the dead queen of Mandalore because why yeah. not? Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> not not cool at at all at all. Um, yeah, poor poor, poor Sabine. Uh, but you're right. You know they they come up with a, a plan. Well, actually, there's there's a couple things here that. We skipped over briefly. Um, when they return to the the camp, uh, all the other Mandalorians actually try to oh, right. capture Sabine, and they like they you know try to force her to surrender. And it's not until her mother, her father, her brother, and Bo Katan all come to her defense um, that they decide to listen to her and realize, oh, she didn't really want to result to cause all these deaths. And she's trying to atone for her youthful mm-hmm. mistake. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why she came back to Mandalore. It's, it's when we also get that really interesting uh, scene between Fen Rao and uh, Bo-Katan, where they talk about the importance of Sabine, I think to man, a Mandalorian future, mm-hmm. which yes. makes me, which is part of the reason I think Sabine will end up back on Mandalore. That was a really neat little aside. I, I thought that was a neat, neat little discussion. Yeah, especially because like you're you're right. They they make it so they make they say that she she reminds them of the best that they once were, and you know that she can inspire them to become better than they 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 are today. So so you're right. Like, what is is that just the fact that she decided not to kill, um, to kill Tiber Saxon, or do you think there's you know it sounds like she might be. Well, I think there's there might be the element that she doesn't kill Tiber that. The element that she's got an inherent creativity that I think appeals to the, the more peaceful side of Mandalore that, you know, we saw in the Clone Wars. She's just a warrior fighting for her beliefs, which appeals to the honorable, honorable side of uh, the kind of warriors of Mandalore. Uh, I think she has a lot of potential so, to be what the people of Mandalore need is what they're saying. So so basically, she's the one that can bring balance to the Mandalorians yeah. because she covers a bunch of different areas she's the chosen mando that, you know pardon she's the chosen mando uh probably <laughs> yeah i mean but but steven the, the way you presented it that's kind of how it's working out yeah. and that's be, kind of the conversation it'll be had. interesting to see how kind of that this uh element of sabine's story progresses like you know we're in the final season we got to figure that all of our characters are going into what's their end game essentially and it's yeah. i'm curious to see what it, what is their end game for all these characters we've got 14 episodes to wrap up right. everyone's stories and you know they will mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, and at I think some point, we here we're laying the seeds for exactly that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because in, in reality, in this episode, with the characters that they showed, they've already started the end game for four of the characters. Yeah. Well, not so much Chopper, but they started the end game for Ezra, for Sabine, and for Kanan. Yeah. Because Hera wasn't part of the episode at all. Zeb, Zeb was nowhere to be seen. I mean, he wasn't even in a hologram. So really, the end game started for three of the characters in these two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. Um, Aaron, uh, I, I'm I'm curious. What did you think of uh, uh, Tiber uh, Saxon? Um, you know, he he kind of came out of nowhere almost. Uh, any any thoughts on on him? Uh, obviously, he's he's Gar Saxon's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, any, any thoughts um, on this? this yeah, new guy? he was he was kind of interesting that he came out of nowhere and that um he was basically wearing stormtrooper armor with a little bit of uh, some customization, which I already have several friends that are salivating. Oh, look what I can do to my old stormtrooper armor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be cool to see. Oh, I can't wait. Cannot wait. There's, there's that. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to think that um, these Mandalorians who do value you know, family and clan and home over so much that he would be so willing to accept the empire, the empire's reign and do their bidding for what, for, you know, does, does he think that this is a bigger picture kind of thing that because he's lined with the empire that they're going to, you know, Mandalore will survive and be better for it. I, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Okay. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I, I love the dynamic with Captain mm-hmm. Hark, uh, played by uh, Andrew Cashino, who, by the way, was the voice of young Saw Because throughout this episode, he keeps bringing up that fact. He keeps right. questioning Tiber, like, what do you think is going to happen mm-hmm. uh, with the Empire? Do you think they're really not going to come after So us? hopefully Tiber is um, a minority. And for whatever reason, he's risen through the ranks so quickly to the you know be the empire empire's trusted man on mandalore uh obviously because he gets you know personal communications with thrawn but you know why why is that what is his end game does he want to be on top with the empire and mandalore it's i i don't i kind of don't get it (laughs) he does have that weird line where he's like palpatine has shown me true power yeah, what is that? Which note? I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, but but there's still there's still that one factor that um whatever happened to Death Watch? I oh, mean, we, if uh, I guess we see if we see Clan Vizsla, but we don't see Death Watch. Right. Oh, sorry. It, yeah, that's right. I take that back. I got my no, I've a, got my Mandalorians mixed. I think up. it's a fair question. Well, I I would guess I'd assume yeah. Death Watch at this point is kind of gone. Uh the Mandalorian conflict is kind of superseded by the fact that there's a whole bunch of uh, fighting they have to do amongst themselves or sorry, against the empire first. Hmm. But mm-hmm. it's an interesting question. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, they, they come up with a plan to infiltrate Tiber Saxon's star destroyer and destroy the prototype. Um, there's an interesting question brought up by Sabine's father and later Sabine herself around whether they should 
could and should repurpose the the duchess for their own needs uh but they decide that it's too dangerous and needs to be destroyed do you do you guys agree with that well their own needs by way of using it on the stormtrooper armor because i thought at a certain point sabine said that she wasn't able to make it work with stormtrooper armor but i think that was an earlier type prototype not at this point i actually changed my but mind but that was a I, little bit confusing i find that's my biggest complaint of this episode is Obviously, you can tell, you know, Tommy, we always talk about how if you bring something up, you have to use it. They brought that up right. really out of the blue because obviously they're right. like, oh, we need to explain like how why Sabine does this at the very end. And I just it didn't make sense to me. Like we established already that the reason this whole weapon works is because it's targeting the bet like this special material that Mandalorian armor is made out of there as I don't think there's anything special about stormtrooper armor. <laughs> like you kind of run into this issue, like, well, oh, if the rebellion had this weapon, the like, we're done. <laughs> they walk into a battlefield <laughs> oh, yeah. and they're done. Like, yeah, the the, the fact that it done. could target stormtrooper armor in the first place was very entertaining to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Just just because um, I I don't know if all of the listeners are familiar with. The 501st, but we, uh, our Stormtrooper armor is plastic. Um, and that's what it was made out of in the movies. And mm-hmm. um, we do have some. I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, we, we do have some electronics in the helmet um, for fans that keep us cool, um, microphones. So we, when we talk, you know, it sounds like we're talking out of the, the little microphones on the front of the, the helmet or, um, basically kind of like mini hearing aids to help us hear because if we have fans going, mm-hmm. we can't hear outside. So um, it, I, I really kind of had to stop myself and not laugh as I did because <laughs> it just felt so absurd to me that a an energy weapon could target plastic. But um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It's called, but yeah, but but you have to realize it this way, as I like to say, it's well, called no, suspension no, no. of disbelief. Well, no, but even I, I think it. even in universe, right. The explanation mm-hmm. is, I think it's supposed to be made out of plastoid, which well, is it, kind of the same thing. It, it's it, I don't think in universe it's actually a plastic. I think that it is made of some kind of different material, and we get a kind of a. I, I remember seeing like back in the early visual dictionary books that had a kind of an inside cutout of one of the stormtrooper helmets. And it was like, you know, it had all the entire wire, internal wiring, um, cameras and sensors and all this stuff to make it very, very technologically advanced so that it is a self-contained, very um, high tech uh, weapon for the the, uh, the troopers that they were protect, protecting. So um, and we get a little bit of this in uh, The Force Awakens for the first time when Finn is taking his helmet off. You hear that little like like it's a, a self sealed uh, containment unit that's being released. Um, would... Just like fanboys, <laughs> the two guys at the end of fanboys when they take their helmets off, they go yeah, because it's supposed to be a, a sealed unit that is a life sustaining right. suit, basically kind of like a mini version of Darth Vader's suit. Um, so mm. it, that that. Initially, it made me laugh that you know this, this the Duchess was changed to target stormtrooper armor, and like haha, it's just plastic. But then like no no no, in universe they are supposed to be kind of like a, a fully wired, um, high tech suit. So um, 
I it I was like, oh, huh, that is interesting. This is yeah, they they can do that. <laughs> but, it's, but it served the story so well, except for the point where Sabine says, "I couldn't." Oh, I can't remember the exact line, but it was almost like she couldn't figure out how to do it. But then all of a sudden, she was able to do it on the fly. Yeah, right I wondered about that too. Well. Yeah, there was that. It also just feels like it is kind of like this, this silver bullet of like they Ahsoka. Sorry, um, Ahsoka. Uh, sorry, I was thinking about Ahsoka. She's on the pork farm, farm, by the way, and that's now. Sorry, I was distracted while you guys were talking. Um, but uh, basically, uh, Sabine she figured out a way to take out any stormtrooper. And yes, the default setting is like, we're going to kill you um, and, and disintegrate you. But as we see later on, there is also a low power mode where she can basically just incapacitate anyone. So she can, without killing anyone, incapacitate everyone in the facility in a decently Not a large range. On a Star Destroyer. Yeah, Thank you. Like yeah, on a Star Destroyer. Destroyer. You basically take out every Stormtrooper on a Star Destroyer with a click of a button and not murder them. No, you can just shock them uh, uh so that yeah they might be in pain but like you basically non-lethally stop them all mm-hmm. what i'm like, hearing william why, do, why aren't we like that? saving that and equipping everyone yeah. in the rebellion with one of these right or am i no you are absolutely correct that this is one of those moments where it's a little bit weird because you can tell they did it's what they did because per- it made for an interesting story but it's it's missing a little. <laughs> I just would have loved to have a slightly different weapon where that, you know, obviously I, I love the concept that Sabine created this weapon and now it's being used against her people and she feels horrible. All of that's awesome. Calling up the Dutch is awesome. Great, great storytelling. Right. The specifics of the weapon just it's, felt a little too sci-fi. and to a little not too- be available against stormtroopers is how I look at it. Yeah. Like, Having it Even be targeting something, like Beskar is a little, but at least I can understand that. Like, it's, suspend it's, disbelief. You know, yeah, it's I, a they establish that hey, this is a material that is unique to Mandalorians. Like, yeah. no other people use this material, and so I'm like, okay, like I, I will buy. Like, maybe there's some weird side effect, or you know, you can target that metal, whatever it might be. As soon as you introduce to something very generic, like you know, all Mandalorian armor, that starts to feel very weird to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, so they, it, as we've kind of been alluded to, they go and they 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 try to take out this weapon. They they split into two teams. Ezra's team goes off and tries to uh, recover the data uh, or destroy the data uh, about the plans for the weapon. While uh, Sabine wants to uh, and Bogotan want to actually go destroy it, and. Um, of course, once they get there, as we mentioned, Tiber Saxon appears and instantly shocks Sabine and basically forces her to work on the weapon. And that's when that that thing we we're talking about, where she, you know, she's able to quickly uh, turn it on them and shock uh, Saxon instead, um, and, and kind of take out all the Imperials, which seemed very, uh, very easy. The thing is, sorry, I was gonna say it very convenient is the word I would use. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but it also it also once she took out Saxon, Captain Hark was able to leave because it never got his um his Asperger. yeah he was still a Mandalorian. True. Yeah, and I actually I really liked how yeah. 
you know, at first Gar was uh, sorry, Gar Saxon, uh, a Tiber Saxon, like, don't walk into the room because if you do, Captain Hark, your your armor is going to be impacted by this and you're going to be hurt. But then later, he basically uh, intentionally shocks Hark because he is still expressing his concern about the Empire betraying them, and so he like shocks his own. I thought it was a really nice touch, actually. Yep. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really like that. Uh, and then, of course, Sabine had to decide whether or not to kill Tiber Saxon, which, I, I again, something I, I, I liked and I appreciated that she decided not to kill Tiber, um, you know, with with the Duchess. And instead, she just destroys the Duchess with her with Darksaber and ruptures the power core. Which then blows up his entire Star Destroyer with Star Destroyer with Tiber on it. I, there so was she spurred his life only to kill him in an explosion. There was an element of what I would call like the Michael Bay effect, where it's like that was an unnecessary explosion. <laughs> you yeah. Like, oh, but you know what? You have to have something explode. You, no, no, it was all I, I, mean, I am, had to. Tom. Don't get me wrong. All for explosions. There's the shot though of like, oh, that little thing that blew up in one room. Why is the entire Star Destroyer blowing up now? <laughs> Like, yeah, well, and, and the fact that there, there was a reaction. whole big thing around, we can't kill them. We should spare them. Let's blow up the ship they're on, not let the, not help them get off. So yeah. like they're going to die in the explosion <laughs> anyway. Why did you just spend I, all this time I deciding that we're not to kill them with the... to explode by disabling it, but <laughs> that's true. And I did love the shot of like that molten metal flowing out of the control room. That was a, and watching it. Was it going over an ATD, ATDP, I think? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful, oh, beautiful shot. I thought it was really interesting that um, Ezra was making his way up to that control room just as uh, Bo-Katan was trying to convince Sabine to not kill Tiber Saxon and, and all the stormtroopers. Um, I I thought that it was going to be Ezra that had to be like, you know, Sabine, come back from the dark side. Don't Don't, don't kill them, you know. Uh, that's that's not our way, but it was actually Bo-Katan. So uh, I thought yeah. that was really interesting that they, you know, it, it was Bo-Katan that was convincing her to not do that. And so that kind of set up the way that um, Sabine realized that she, that, that Bo-Katan is the one that should be, you know, the wise one with the uh, ruling Mandalore. So I, at, mm. at first I was disappointed, but then I was like, oh, okay, no, that does work. I could see that. Yeah. And I actually, it's funny you bring that up because um, uh, apparently in an early draft of the script, Bo-Katan was going to be the one who was going to advocate using the Duchess, not Sabine. Uh, And she wouldn't have come around until near the very end, after which point Sabine would decide to hand over the Darksaber to her. But they decided that it made more sense to have Bo-Katan be the voice of reason for Sabine than the Hmm. other way around. Yep. And I think yeah. in this case it makes sense. Oh, totally. And if, right and if yeah, her totally mom and brother had been killed by the the first blast back at the end of the first episode, I don't know that she could have been talked back from the ledge at that point. It's a good question. I good think point. it would have been just a much more powerful yeah. moment. That's true. You don't think she could? I don't know. She's she's pretty hot headed. Um, especially since it was her weapon that ended up you know, potentially killing her family. So I don't know. That would have been a, that would have been interesting if they had gone that route um, to see that kind of a turn from such a, a desolate uh, state of mind 
in, in Sabine's case. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, question then. Do you think Tiber Saxon is dead? Did he die in that explosion? We didn't see him. His body. We just saw lava <laughs> fall out of the room he was in, and then his I'm ship blew up. I'm pretty sure he did. <sighs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, he was right there at the you know the initial site of the explosion. I know Ground exactly. Zero. Yeah. You know what? It was that molten thing that kind of. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's gone. Yeah, and honestly, he was just. He just came out of nowhere for me, right? We we had Gar Saxon. He was this big villain earlier in the series. And all of a sudden, he dies. And out of nowhere, Tiber Saxon's like, yep, I'm his brother. And I'm in charge now. <laughs> you know what? It should have, he he the model should have just been Gar Saxon with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Gar Saxon with two <laughs> You know what? You know what? He came out of nowhere. But and he, he really went cool nowhere. Armor, so I mean... <laughs> well okay the best thing about it he had he had re- 501st talk to Aaron I have a feeling we're going to be seeing this pretty soon but great armor um so yeah yeah you know but but it all it all leads to it all leads to the biggest climax to where you've got Sabine encouraging Bo-Katan to take the mantle of Mandalore and please just accept the dark saber so Sabine doesn't have to wield it anymore and be the voice of reason cuz Bo-Katan proved herself She's the one that should take over and unite the clans. Yeah, that was a cool scene. I, I enjoyed like how the, the, the ramp to the shuttle comes down and you just see all the clans or many of the clans outside. At least clans, Vizsla, Rook, Eldar, Kreeze, and Ren and the protectors. Um, I, I'm sorry. Well, then wait a minute. Okay. I really hate to say this. The protectors or the protector. There's only one now. <laughs> That's true. That's horrible, Tom, but you're That's true. absolutely correct. <laughs> well, I have a feeling I may not be Clan Scrot anymore. I may have to be a protector because he needs somebody to back him up. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I have to say, like, you know, uh, there, there were a lot of Mandalorians, and uh, I thought they did a, you know, a decent job making them uh, varied enough that didn't just look at the exact same model over and over and over. Yeah, some of them had some they different, different armors. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Arrangements, I guess. They they weren't all yeah. exactly the same. And I think. Yeah, it was cool, and I think they they said that they had to bring in um pretty much all hands on deck with the design team in order to get all those uh all those designs in. Uh, uh, they're similar. But... Easy. You just need two color colors, and you just swap them in and out. Oh, don't let my friends hear that. Okay, I know. I'm going to get a whole lot of trouble saying Facebook. that. <laughs> <laughs> please put it. I'm not going to give the email address, but please put your comments on our Facebook page. <laughs> Steven. Nah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, remember it, my email and Twitter address don't go out. I don't even <laughs> want to be found. Yeah. Well, and, so, and I guess fun fact at one. Was going to knight some of the uh, some of the the Mandalorians with her dark saber, but that ended up being cut. I'm, I think that's a good thing. Dark sabers should not go near people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, is, no, thanks. no, no, especially no. Well, are we ready to review? I can't talk. Are we ready yeah. to review? Oh, and by review, I mean it. give ratings because we've been reviewing for quite a while now. <laughs> Yeah, but th- you have to admit, this was a very it fun was. episode to review. Oh, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, why don't you oh, go ready. first? Um, 
I really, really enjoyed these episodes um, for many, many reasons. Um, <laughs> uh, it was very, very uh, just action-packed, lots of uh, twists and turns. Uh, obviously, those who got the first half of the two episodes were thrown for a loop uh, with the second episode that we got to <laughs> see the resolution of. So um, uh, lots of fun dialogue. Um, I don't think, did we mention it earlier how Ezra and Sabine's brother Tristan were kind of fighting back and forth? Like, no, I have the harder stuff to do or no, I have it easy, you know. Oh, <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> you know so what? It's, 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 it's the early... It's the uh-huh. early in-law fighting. It's not going to get any better. You'll see it get worse later. Uh, so just, they're setting yeah, you up for it. I'm, I'm glad they didn't forget the fun on these kind of heavier episodes. Um, just kind of interjecting that little lightness here and there. Chopper beating up a stormtrooper with a blaster. Um, yeah, pretty Chopper pretty much. Um, he, we didn't see a whole lot of him, but he at least got to shine when he got some, some of the spotlight. Uh, Kanan being, of course... Uh, awesome as, as anything. Um, got to see a, a lot of growth on Sabine's part and how she kind of makes restitution for her weapon that was used against her people. And and then, of course, the Darksaber going to Bogotan, which was super awesome. So I, I really, really enjoyed these episodes. Um, but there was no Rex, so I'm going to have to give it an 8. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, just because okay, of no Rex. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, eight point five Womp Rats. Um, and they are gonna go. They are gonna go to the pork farm and uh, entertain. <laughs> and entertain. Someone's the like misrepresenting this pork farm. Like I imagine these kids going, like, "Let's go to the pork farm," and they get to the pork farm and there's these Womp Rats. I'm like, what are these things? <laughs> Well, the, the, the pork uh, seed friends, too, to play with. You know, I, I got to say this. These porgs better pay <laughs> off in this movie now. It's fun while it's lasting. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But they better pay off. <laughs> yep. Okay, so 8.5. The Womp Rats are uh-huh. going to go keep the porgs company uh-huh. at the pork farm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that sounds terrible when you put it that Who way. wants to go next? Tom, you're up. Okay. I really can't say much more than what Aaron said. I'm just going to give this one a not. You know, you've you've covered an awful lot, and I really hate trying. I really hate repeating what other people have said. It's a great episode. I. It was a great way to come back into your your final season. They definitely set you know, in motion, what's going to happen to three of the characters. We'll probably see in the coming episodes, what's going to happen with the next few characters. So, you know, it's, it's a great way to come back and I'm going to give this one, I'm going to follow Aaron with an 8.5 as well. Um, And I'm going to take my 8.5 Womp Rats and, you know, it really wasn't the Duchess that was, I mean, the, the, the spinning thing in the Duchess um, it wasn't electricity that was making that thing spin in the center of it. It was actually the 8.5 Womp Rats that were using it as a hamster uh, wheel that was perfect. actually spinning <laughs> the Duchess. And 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 the reason why it wasn't at full power, it's because it was actually missing that 0.5 Womp Rat to make it an actual <laughs> nine. She just stuck the extra Womp Rat in. was going to push it that, that little extra bit. So 
Yeah, that's why there really wasn't at full power. So you're saying when Sabine you first like saw the you know uh, slipped another womp rat in there to to make the make it more powerful at the end. I mean, she probably took the womp rat when she uh, left. So probably it's true. Probably Wait, was that actually what she did. Yellow stuff is she... was like molten metal, or was it like womp rat guts? <laughs> you know what? We're gonna I'm stop. Gonna, Let's I'm stop actually, here. Hang on a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. This is the reason why I'm going to change it. I'm changing it to a nine. And the reason why is because the way that Sabine was able to make the Duchess work on the Stormtrooper armor, it was that 0.5 Womp Rat that pushed it over the edge. That's what made it work with the Stormtrooper armor. All right. Bingo. Okay. Perfect. Done. Okay. Steven, go All next. Right. So I think I'm going to give it, I think, a seven and a half Womp Rats out of 10. This was, I think, in my mind, a pretty good appetizer for season four i was i'm hoping and looking forward to a lot more of the kind of dealing with the foundation of the rebellion and stuff like that which is why i'm only giving it seven and a half definitely a solid enjoyable episode though that and they did a really good job with it um but with my seven and a half womp rats i mean obviously you know when sabine was working on this weapon originally it didn't just start out like magically working lots of testing was involved and uh oh god you, you don't even know where i'm going with that tom just because I'm some womp, womp rats are a perfectly acceptable you know form of testing in the star wars galaxy and seven and a half womp rats gave their lives in order to make that weapon a reality no one okay. <laughs> harm to the making of this podcast I'll, not I'll let you know I am, I am so surprised only, hasn't come only in yet. the making of the duchess and, you know, that's why Sabine so named it the Duchess five. is uh, Satine famously did not like Womp Rats. And that was that's kind true. of like, that was oh, all part of the joke was, you know, it started off. She named it to honor Satine. Makes sure, sense. Sure, let's go with that. Okay. But William. So those 7.5, those 7.5 Womp Rats were actually wearing miniature <laughs> basketball? No, 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 it was just, it targeted Womp Rats originally. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, it's easy to convert it from Womp Rats to Beskar. It's very similar. Okay. Yeah. um (laughs) yeah no i i I, it's 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 so crazy to think this is the last rebel season premiere we're gonna it's only the fourth one but still it's it's the last one which adds a little bit more weight to it uh i i enjoyed uh you know the little the the chase at the beginning and the the search for her father is nice to finally meet sabine's father as well as you know we're getting close to the end of the series and how they they kind of uh surprised us uh with his character uh, being bail that is no um and uh you know i i loved the end of the first episode i felt it was a little bit cheapened um when they realized that she was uh, they were still alive um and then of course there's the whole uh the the rest of the, the the episode where they just tried to basically take down uh the duchess and then uh, uh i also thought it was great that bo-katan ended up with um the the dark saber after that that fake out so overall i think a really good episode um i i think you know it wasn't wasn't perfect i had a couple complaints around you know again how they they survived and maybe how easier or how the duchess was probably too powerful for the show's own good uh but overall uh, i really really enjoyed the episode uh a few more notes real quick that uh, we we skipped over we're just going to quickly call out Briefly, there was that scene between uh, Kanan and Hera uh, earlier where they uh, they kind of alluded to their uh, relationship without actually talking about it. Uh, I think we'll probably get more on that later in the season. Um, I thought it was interesting that Sabine didn't recognize um, uh, Bo-Katan 
but once she heard the name, she said that you know she she remembered that her commitment to Mandalore is legendary. And um, the uh, the the design of the city uh, is apparently based on a trackball mouse from George. It was an idea George Lucas had, and that's why it looks like a a, a ball. Um, and then, of course, you gotta love the quote. There's that big uh, the 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 scene that we I don't, we actually skipped over where they they escape. Um, uh, they they uh, escape the the site where um of uh, uh, the the the, t- the devastating attack, uh and you know Ezra's like clinging to the front of a Tie Fighter, uh and at, and at one point he's you know Bo-Katan says a Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon, so you know a lot of little great moments in there as well. That's true. Uh, so I think overall I'm gonna give it actually I think I'm gonna uh, give it an eight point five as well uh really fun episode uh i i'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the rest of the uh the season but eight and a half womp rats and my womp rats <laughs> are gonna be uh they're each gonna get a jetpack that's and terrifying. clearly womp rats don't know how to fly <laughs> very nice so they're gonna go spinning and i'll bet you and, and i'll bet you they'll fly better than ezra <laughs> probably <laughs> wait a minute isn't there a band called better than ezra <laughs> Oh wow! I didn't mean to do that. Well, Tom, now you know how they they got their name. So, uh, I guess so. <laughs> it's a band of wop rats. Oh God! <laughs> I think we better do coming up <laughs> yeah. on the I, yeah, next Adam podcast. Yeah, what do we have next next week? That is an excellent question that you should answer because my window may have closed. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I got it. 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 <laughs> we're we're gonna be we're gonna be doing uh coming up on the next Iron Cannon podcast. It is Rebel Season Four, Episode Three and Four in the name of the Rebellion. So as members of Probably the Rebel Alliance, <laughs> Ezra and the host crew Ghost Crew. I think that's Ghost Crew <laughs> must <laughs> That was you actually late at night and forgetting the letter. That was, <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. Um Ezra 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 and the ghost crew must accept a mission to spy on an Imperial outpost they would rather destroy. And... I don't know if we want to go to the next part. That's Ooh. a little spoilery for the second half, for the first half of the episode. Um, and we're going to keep you here in, self- in suspense until we review yeah. the episode. I know, yeah. next time. But I, I am definitely... On the Ion Cannon podcast. We might get a little... Uh... <laughs> A little Death Star connection, maybe in the episode. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Um, oh, but, but oh, oh! I just read but that from a but from the clip. Uh, from the clip, uh, they they showed. We get to see Hera doing an emergency landing at Base One on Yavin Four. Yay! Wedge <laughs> Y wings, the return of Rex, and woohoo! Excellent. So, oh man, I can't. Nice. Wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be a good episode or good good series of two episodes because we're getting two episodes a week now which is crazy to think about so (laughs) Ah, and on top of that you get another review like this exactly we'll be back you know we'll be back next week with our with our review of uh in the name of the rebellion but aaron thank you for joining us always a pleasure having you on me again and so much fun having you on aaron keep up with my stupid technical difficulties Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, our listeners uh-huh, won't yeah. know any of that happened. Yes. We'll just How are Jedi you? mind trick them. It's all fine <laughs> there now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Exactly. No. It's, it's We're a sad uh, bunch of people. Find you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where, 
We're a we happy bunch. We do we do a podcast. Uh, you can find me on um, uh, Aaron. Twitter where can people find you online? Barajek Scard. Um, I guess you guys can probably leave that on the no on the site because nobody knows how to spell it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes, we'll um, but that. then you can yeah. also find me. <laughs> we'll be linking you to it from the show notes. Uh, North Texas squad of Star Garrison, the 501st, will be at Dallas Fan Days this coming weekend. Uh, we'll be raising money for the boys and girls. But anyway, we'll be raising money for charity. <laughs> we have a new speeder okay. bike prop that uh, our members have recently <laughs> completed. So we'll have a lot of really cool photo ops. We're super excited about it. Um, but yeah, go uh, go out, hug your local stormtrooper, and have fun this weekend. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us again. Very cool. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you again. And uh, we're looking forward to... Of Hopefully chatting with you some more before <laughs> uh before Rebels finishes up. We'll be back we'll be back in just a few days with our, our next our review of In the Name of the Rebellion. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.